You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest rousing edition of Relationship Theory. I haven't used it in a while. I had to. You haven't. That's why I've been so disciplined. Uh, I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my beloved wife, Lisa Bilyeu. What's up? Hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. If this is adding value, by the way, please do share it. That would be amazing. That's how we continue to grow these Mm -hmm. numeros. And we are getting really close to 100K on YouTube, which would make Dr. Finesse's life so much better. So help us get there. That is the first thing that guests of Impact Theory look at, whether they decide to come on the show or not, is almost entirely predicated on that number. Uh, So the more that we can drive that up, the better. So you guys would be doing this real solid if you would share this content, get the word out there, get some more subs on this mofo. There it is. I'm feeling it. Do it. I'm feeling I it. like the energy this morning. <clears throat> My voice, though, man. At some point, I'm going to have to start doing um, what your girl does. Oh, I'm... I legitimately woke up this morning thinking, I have to start doing that. Yeah. What my girl does. Yeah. Come on. You're about to like wound oh, her yeah, soul. Oh, yeah. Celine Dion. There sorry. You go. Yeah. So Celine Dion. Celine, I, forgive her. Yeah. She knows not what she does. So I met her twice, but one time she was about to do a concert and um, she doesn't talk for like 48 hours to save her voice. And so I was, I knew her security guard. And so we were standing with her security guard and she literally like does blows, like <laughs> means that she's ready so two blows means she's ready one blow means she's not and she has like this whole code so that she doesn't use her her voice the thing is you haven't given it a rest so that's the problem so this all started with the 24-hour live it did and i thought wow i can't i was really surprised during the live that i didn't like in and of the moment lose my voice so i was super stoked we go to london after the flight, I felt fine. But then the next morning when we woke up, I had the weirdest headache I've ever had in my life. It was so bizarre. And it seemed to be emanating from the palate, like the soft palate in the back of my mouth. And I thought, that's so weird. And then I felt it in my throat. But then I had like three days later, I had the nine hour epic mm. Q&A. And then every week now I've had something going where I have to keep doing it. And then we just did the success live event, which was awesome. And to everybody in the community that joined for that, thank you. That was so amazing. I cannot wait to talk to the team. We haven't had a chance to Mm -hmm. rally because that was on Saturday. I cannot wait to talk to the team about that. Um, But that was, again, it was like eight or nine hours of nonstop violence. Because this is relationship theory, no, but I want to bring something up based on what you just said. So I'm sure often, and I think we do this, like we don't mean to, and I'm sure a lot of people do, so I wanted to share it. So when you see your partner um, doing something that isn't good for them, right? It's so easy from the outside to go, what are you doing? It's not good for you. (laughs) So I gave him a whole speech and basically said, like, you need to go to the doctor, you need to go to a throat specialist, because... 
I know you, you try to like, I don't, you know, I, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. And then what I fear is six months down the line, you finally go to a doctor because it hasn't yeah. been fixed. And the doctor turns around to you and says, well, it's too late now. You've got scar tissue in your throat. And if you'd yeah. come to me six months ago, then you would have been okay. Right. So I'm trying to be like the voice in your head of like, don't just try and like suffer for it, through it because I know you're about suffering, but this doesn't make sense. Like suffering through it actually will do you more harm than good. So I go through this whole speech to him yesterday about this is what I really think you need to do. And you turned around and said, I don't remember. You basically turned around and you're like, oh, yeah, miss. You're like, you never because I just pulled my shoulder yeah. out of it. It's like just not dislocated it, but like pulled you were it out, out of place. I was yeah. out of place. And so I'm always doing things that I know probably aren't the best for me. Like, oh, yeah. approach a, you know, 120 pound barbell and think I can do it. And yeah. so you came back at me like, oh, yeah, well, you're one to talk. Yeah, yeah. But then my sister turned around to you and said, yeah, but just because Lisa does dumb shit doesn't mean that you should too. <laughs> and you were like, good point. You're absolutely right. And in that moment, I was like, it's very true. Like, from the outside, because I care about you so much, it's easy for me to see mm -hmm. what's good for you or what's right for you. But it's never easy to see it for yourself. Uh, yeah, it's a little more complicated. It's not that I don't see it. It's the realities of taking time off and going to the doctor and all of that. That's the real pain in the ass. Like if I could click my fingers and that guy that we sat at that um, charity event with that one time could be here with this camera and just take a look and either be, you need to do something or no, you're fine. Right. Just give it a rest. I would do it. But it's the, I have to go figure out like what was his name and like track him down and then make an right. appointment and go to him. Ugh. But what do you think about, because I think a lot of people Plus, do Plus there's this. the, I think it's going to get better, right? If I had no hope that it was going to get better, then it would be much more like pressing to go. But often we have this type of discussion where yes. I think I can see so clearly what's good for you. You can see so clearly what's good for me, but we don't see it in ourselves. Yeah, it really isn't that we don't see it. And that's why I'm going to keep pushing back on this. And I so understand what you're saying because it is very easy to look at the other person and go, the behavior that you're about to do actually has this high degree of being bad for you. So for instance, you hate taking days off of the gym. You hate it, you hate it, you hate it. Okay. So even if you're sick and you have a fever, like you still want to work out and it is patently absurd from the outside, but... From the inside, it isn't that you don't recognize the risk of the behavior. You have a value system. You have pride in things that are now competing for it, whereas I don't have those things. So mm -hmm. with my value system from the outside, you shouldn't do that. But like when I had the flu and I was ruined and I had a double episode, it was so like core to who I am to show up and play. Right. So what the fuck are you going to tell me? There's nothing you could tell me that's going to say... Whatever the, like, barring death, there's virtually nothing you can tell me that it would be more important for me to back off. Like, in that moment, I was like, this is where I get to show the team what I'm really made of, right? And this is how you establish, like, the bar. You show people, I'm going to show up and play for you. And so I know, yes, I have a temperature. Yes, like, this is brutally difficult. And there was a moment where I was literally like, how am I going to make it through this? But... You go, this is where the team will know in a moment of crisis, internally in their gut, I'm going to show up and play. Right. They just know it. And now that's going to, I'm going to reap such benefits from that down the line when something bad goes wrong. And you know me, I look at it from, if one of them were in a Thai prison, I know I'm the first phone call. 
I want that so much. Like I, that is so important to me as a human being. Like, so what, what do you say? And the same for you with the gym, right? Like the pushing yourself and proving to yourself that you can do it and really like leveraging that to transcend any sort of weakness that you have ever felt in your life. What, uh, like, okay, sure, maybe you're sick for an extra couple days, but unless it's going to break a limb off, you're going to need to be taken to the hospital. Like, how am I going to compete with your identity? Yeah, and that's actually really important because we, so when you were really sick and you're doing two episodes, literally my heart's completely breaking. As the wife, like, I'm like, this man is running himself into the ground. You're going to be completely out for days, not necessarily during the day, but I know obviously at night, you're going to be exhausted. And so the, you know, I care about you, you are my number one. So I can see you doing detriment or harm to yourself. But at some point I did tell myself, this is who he needs to be, right? It is your identity. In fact, I can see you revel right now in getting that opportunity to show who you really are. And so in that situation, I asked you once, because I I was like, as the wife, I feel really bad, like if I don't at least give him the opportunity to take an out if he needs it. So that's why I said, look, I think I know what you're going to say, but um, you know, I don't think you should shoot today. And you were like, no way. And so even though I was like, oh my God, he's nuts. He's going to run himself into the ground. I told myself, you need to respect him. He's an adult. Um, I'm not your parent. And I think that's a big thing. Just because I feel like I'm right doesn't mean that you see that I'm right. So you have your own beliefs and I just have to respect them and then back off. And then when you really were sick after that for the next three or four days, because obviously you would pushed yourself to, you know, um, not your limits, but I could tell that you would have been better in two days instead of four. There was no way I was going to say, I told you so, or like, see, what were you doing? You run yourself into the ground. Because otherwise, I think that would have taken away um, me showing you respect on the day of being understanding. A and B, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, okay, hey, I'm going to show you ahead of time. You're going to be sick for two additional days if you keep pushing today. Okay, fine. Like, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It wasn't that I couldn't see the consequence. It's that the consequence right. pales in comparison to what I get out of that, right? So to use yeah. Goggin speak, it was a cookie jar moment to show up, to push through, to, like, create those episodes, to not let the team down, to, like, just muscle through and show them what... Like when I also, I, my job is to go out and tell people like the bar is here, like wherever you Mm. think it is, if you want to be successful, you got to throw it into the fucking trees. And if I don't show up and play at that level, I will feel like a fraud. So yeah, all of those things pale in comparison. Yeah, I guess we can keep going on, but we've got some live questions coming in. So let's do it. So guys, um, I know you already said this, but if this is bringing you value, please do share this. And then also please drop some comments in uh, the question or questions in the comment box and we'll uh, answer them live. All right. So we've got to, let's just start with Daniel Breeze. Daniel Breeze. We have dodged some of his questions. Just throwing that out there. Daniel Breeze, don't think I wasn't paying attention yesterday when we were going back and forth in the DM, my man. Oh, all right. All right. Well, Daniel Breeze. There it is. Um, hi, guys. My girlfriend and I have been arguing because I've been studying for a major exam and not giving her my attention. Normally, after a fight, I can switch back quickly, but this time I couldn't. I felt like I needed an apology um, for me to feel like it was resolved. I felt quite petty, but I couldn't understand why I wanted that. Do you have any advice for this? Yes. 
So the amazing thing is the the way that you framed that question is so disarming. I've got to imagine it will be equally disarming for his significant other. Like saying, I'm being petty. I don't even know why I need this, but I need this. And it's that kind of full disclosure communication that you and I mm. use all the time. And mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how useful it is because when the other person... Like, look, first of all, if you're just starting to do this, she's going to push back and go, yes, you are being petty. So you have to, and she's going to do it probably, I don't know her, but I'm going to guess, just human nature. She's going to lash out. She's going to use your um, very vulnerable talk as a way to, <laughs> to give you a little bit of a jab. Know that, like, get past that. Like, you guys will develop the communication style over time. You'll come to really respect that. So don't lash back out. Like this is how humans work. So you're going to lower your defenses. You're going to get slapped in the face for it. And you have to know that it's a great long-term strategy. And so take the slings and arrows now, invest in her, show her how you want her to respond in the future so that when she then hopefully one day tries the tactic as well, you don't hit her back you start respecting it and this stuff takes time but then over time that she's really going to see whoa like this this is awesome i don't have to pretend and when i don't know why i'm feeling something i can say i don't know why i'm feeling it but this feeling is so real and so you can process through that together get past the pettiness get past the insecurity um always talk in a disarming manner not take the swipes at each other but if that's what you need you need to to vocalize it and process through it and invite her into that so that it it isn't this stalemate where you're both just sort of off in your angry corners because that's where some of this the the while you may need to take that time and that can be very useful um when you keep going apart 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 and never do the vulnerable just sort of full disclosure communication you never get to that point where you feel like you can really trust what the other person is saying and when you own that like this is coming from a place of insecurity pettiness whatever that when you say this isn't coming from that place and the other person thought that it was that it's like okay he's always been honest there's no reason to think suddenly in this moment that they're going to double down on a strategy that i never see them use so maybe they really are coming from a different place hmm. Yeah, and in this situation, I guess with us, a lot of the time we'll say, um, you know, if let's say I've upset you or you've upset me, I didn't mean to. That wasn't my intention in um, hurting you. So I apologize for that. But we also do, but I'm not sorry for my intention. And my intention when was it's a this. Value when clash. it's a value clash, yeah. Like I, because one thing we don't ever do is apologize if we don't mean it. Correct. Um, and that is very powerful because the second you just say you're sorry to make the other person feel better, you're just sweeping it under the rug, right? And you talk very eloquently about it being dust settling. Um, I think if you're just apologizing to get to stop the conversation because, oh, my God, I don't want to hear it again. Yes, fine. I'm sorry. And then you go off like the dust is settling. You are not wiping that slate clean. And so we never say to each other, we're sorry if our like so we'll say hey, I'm sorry I upset you, but this was my intention and this is what I mean and I'm not sorry for feeling like this. Um, and that's very strong. And sometimes we've come to a head where, you know, I may be looking for an apology and you're like, look, I'm not sorry for having this opinion. So then we'll kind of just then go deeper. And I'll say, well, the reason why I think I'm looking for an apology is because 
of this, 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 and this. And so I get where you're coming from, but it didn't make me feel good. And so, okay, maybe because I don't feel good, I'm using that. That's like a defense mechanism for me. And we kind of like peel back the onion. Mm. Yeah. Collisions of values. They're tough. Yeah. They're tough. And it is so tempting because there's also, it's so tempting to sweep it under the rug and it, it gets very difficult because, um, like, it's a dangerous conversation to have when you're either you're saying, I'm sorry I made you feel that way, right? Which can actually set people on edge, can really wind them up because you're not apologizing for the behavior, which is actually what they're pissed about. Why? So you have to explain that, look, I fully respect that we just don't agree at a value system level. So I'm not saying your values are wrong, but I'm very much saying that they're not mine. And so I'm going to act in accordance with my values at all times. And so let's have like the conversation about how do we come to terms with the fact that neither of us are convinced about the other person's value system. So the very easy conversation for us to give as an example is um, I think tidiness borders on uselessness and it's very real to you and that it has tremendous value to the way that it makes you feel and all of that. So not in, in the 17 years that we've been together, we've never been able to compel the other person with our arguments. So mm-hmm. we're just, we're never going to get there. But still, because like we both have these really strong opinions about it, we've had to find a way to coexist so that we're not just constantly bumping into each other over that. And so you have to have those conversations as well to figure out sort of what the, the DMZ is on these, the issues, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, I don't leave my stuff laying around. And then sometimes as an act of service and a, a, an emotional gift to you, I will tidy up, not because I value it, because I want to give you a gift that you will well receive. Mm-hmm. And then you receive that gift and you say, oh my God, don't think I didn't notice that you cleaned up last night. Like, thank because you I so know much. Your um, language is verbal. Right. Words of appreciation. Words of every, yeah. So that is really important because if, if you didn't acknowledge it, if you said, well, right. that's, you should clean up, right. right? That if after all the talks that we had, you were still just like, but you should be doing that. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't received as a gift. And I'd be like, well, fuck this. I'm Why not am doing I going to do it? Yeah. Right. Because it is a gift because it shouldn't have to be, you know, like it shouldn't have to be tidied up. So yeah, positive that is reinforcement. Super... Like people do that all the time. Well, of course you should. You should pull your weight. Well, of course, like there is no should. To me, it's every day we are working together as a team to to really accomplish what we need or want to do. And we have our morals, we have our beliefs, and we need to support them. So even if you don't believe that the house should be tidy, it is important to me. And so if it's important and you then show like, okay, I hear you coming back at like at you going, yeah, see, well, you should have done that. It's not going to encourage you. And I know that. So instead, because I know that your words of appreciation, you know, your language is words of appreciation, I'm going to remember that and say, I really did appreciate that he cleaned up today because I know it's not normally you. Mm -hmm. Because I know that would be the last thing you would think about. So the fact that you stopped, thought about me and said, okay, my baby, you know, is feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to show her that I recognize that and you clean my appreciation back is saying, thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for acknowledging that you recognize that I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's not like, thank you for tidying, right? It's almost like the right. the result is, uh, sorry, the cleaning is a result of the fact that you had acknowledged what emotion I'm going through. And so I want to encourage that because I want you to do it again. Like there's no, 
secret or surprise to that. And we're very right. honest with each other because it's like, look, you want me to keep doing it? This is how you get me to do it. Right. Awesome. Now Reward I know. Reward behavior you want more yeah, of. Yeah, you're giving me the keys to the kingdom. Word. Um, all right. So next question. This is from... Oh, there's some questions from YouTube. Hey, YouTube. Nice. Um, so this is from Manu Pathak. Tom and Lisa, how does one keep motivating their partner even when she doesn't want to improve but is happy with herself and doesn't want to move forward? Oh, dear God. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Uh, I am the wrong person to ask this question to because I respond very violently to people that aren't in growth mode. So uh, if you're also not in growth mode, then I'm sure it can work just fine. Uh, I could not be with someone that wasn't in a growth mode. And look, I am. it is a fascinating conversation to talk about the friction between loving yourself for who you are, where you are, and at the same time, pushing yourself every day to get a whole lot better to understand that spending 20% of your time, in my estimation, is where you should be deeply dissatisfied with where you're at. Now, that assumes that people want to play on a world stage, that they want to like really do something great with their lives, that they want to like be the best that there ever was at whatever. Like If we were going to be parents and that was going to be our life, I'd want to be the best parent of all time, I would create metrics, like how does one judge this, whether that's fMRI uh, measured happiness in the child, like whatever those metrics were gonna be, but that that's just the identity that I have built for myself. That's so important to me, and it gets me so excited, and that's what I want people to understand. Like, I love that. It isn't like I don't feel beaten up. Like in those 20% moments where I'm deeply dissatisfied with myself, there is a huge portion of my brain allocated to feeling so proud of myself for being willing to do that and to push myself and it it's exciting and it's joyful so yes i'm focused on where i am deeply inadequate but i love that i'm willing to do that i love mm -hmm. that process so i with my value system my identity i couldn't be with somebody like that i think that proselytizing trying to push somebody is a recipe for disaster like you're begging for pain so I wouldn't want to be in that kind of relationship. The other person is going to feel judged. They're going to feel, because their value system is not one of growth, they're going to be like, they're going to feel miserable being around you because you're essentially asking them to accept that they're inadequate, which is anathema to like their identity and their vision of the way the world should be. Right. Oh God, like if your job is to make the other person feel better about themselves when they're around you than they are when they're not with you, like that is not how you accomplish that. So I just happen to believe with all of my views of the world and all of that, that somebody who isn't growth-minded is wasting their life. But that clearly is not how they feel from their mm. perspective. So that's why I don't hire people like that. I don't have long-term relationships with people like that. I would never be in a romantic relationship with somebody like that because you cannot help but grow apart. Because if they're staying here and you're growing, 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 by definition, you're going to grow in opposite directions. Because, for instance, if you had the growth mindset that you have now and we met back when I didn't have a growth mindset, this never would have worked. You would have been right. so turned off by me. So it's the fact that we've really worked our asses off to grow together over time with a growth mindset, always getting each other to buy into like, hey, I'm like, for instance, you discovered a passion for working out long before I did. Right, so my passion does not come from enjoyment, but it, I have a deep passion for working out from a cognitive optimization, longevity perspective. So we found them at different times. You encouraged behavior to help me get where I needed to be. I found a growth mindset faster than you, so 
us coming together on that and like, hey, this is what I'm getting into. Like, these are the words, these are the places that it's going to take me. And we came together there. We came together on working out. So it's, it was always like at, a, at every small incremental step, introducing it to the other person and us having agreed that we want to come together. And so not being antagonistic to the other person's viewpoint. Um, and without that sort of really foundational, fundamental layer of, okay, the, we want to be relationship protective. We want to be open to the other person's idea. We want to grow together. Like without that, it just wouldn't work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we get asked very often, what do you do if, you know, your partner isn't yeah. doesn't have a growth mindset? And um, I don't want to say we got lucky because it's got nothing to do with luck, but we did both develop a growth mindset together over time. And I think that was, you hadn't, you did something, you improved. I saw how much it changed your life or I saw how much that like energized you. Right. So I then fed off you going, huh, well, if he did that and look at the results, like maybe I can do that and I may get the same results. And then I did and then I get excited and I tell you about it and then you get excited for me. And so we kind of like fed off each other. Full disclosure. Yeah. It haunts me that you could have very easily been like, yeah, that doesn't make right, sense. And that's me. the thing. Like, I think a lot of people... Um, a finding that as they're developing a growth mindset, their partner isn't. And then what do you do? Because you're already in love with them. You've already got the history that we talk about is like build. You've got that history. There's no replacing it. So now you've got maybe 10 years of history together or however long, I don't know. Um, but you've got this history together. You truly love them. And now you're finding this new thing about you and your partner isn't on the same page. Do we need to answer that hard question then? Yeah, I mean, because let's I answer wouldn't, it. Because I, I think have, we get asked that a lot. I wouldn't have broken up with you and because I didn't have a growth mindset when we met. I had the beginnings, but I, I was not a full-fledged growth mindset But let's person. say you went into, so you're now on your developing of your mm -hmm. growth mindset. You're two or three years in and I'm still not there. Now what? Well, so this, this is the real answer to the question. So um, I... Oh God, people are not going to like these words. <sighs> Here's the truth. These are bad words. I need better words. I've never had to think about them because you've been so adaptive with me. Um, but in the beginning, and I used to say these words to you, but you were so open-minded that it didn't cause any problems. I said, I'm going to manipulate you. And, and I actually said these words, I'm going to manipulate you and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to reward behavior that I want more of and I'm going to punish behavior that I don't like. Um, I know you like... Oh God, people are really going to dislike this, but this is the fucking truth. And so in that process, the, the punishment is, is saying like, I not even saying it's, it is showing because that's so important to you, externalizing my dislike for something. So, um, not being warm and welcoming if you're doing something that I think is counterproductive or it's hurting the growth or the business or whatever, which was, you guys are letting me process in real time because I've never had to externalize exactly what I was doing. So I'm going to be a little bit clumsy. We had the, the backdrop of the business. I was hell-bent in the beginning to become rich, which you totally bought into. I had made you poor and I was going to, you loved the ambition and I was going to help us get rich. So I said, look, I'm going to manipulate you to get you to view the world like I do. And then you adopted that as well. And you said, fantastic, this is going to be a two-way street. I'm going to manipulate you back. So a lot of it, 
a lot of it was me trying to get you super ambitious and then you on the, uh, the flip side to get me to take my health and my physicality more seriously. And we both rewarded behavior that we wanted more of and we punished, I use that word very lightly, behavior that we didn't want to see. For the podcast people, you're doing quote, air quotes, quotes, air yeah. quotes yeah. So um, that, and that was literally talking each other through it the whole way. Right. So that there was, you never felt um, manipulated in the, the icky it's sense the of the icky, word that's the where problem. you don't know what's exactly. happening, right? So we were just talking through it like, hey, I am, I am so stoked that you, like, for instance, if I went to the gym in the early days, you were like, oh my God, you look so good. Your shoulders look amazing. Oh, yeah. baby. Like, I would touch your shoulders. Oh, I would touch your pecs because I knew that that made, turned you on. And for that sure. was an incentive. It made me feel like yeah, a stud, right? Like, let's just be real. First of all, I was in my early 20s. So boys and girls, like <laughs> feeling like a sexual stud was pretty amazing. And you just heaped it on. And I knew you were doing it to make sure that I kept going right. to the gym. But I wasn't pretending... Right, but at the same time, I knew that it actually did turn you on and that you had like this vision of like where you wanted me to go and all of that. And so it got really interesting and fun and it gave me a way to engage with it and all that. Mm -hmm. And so it was absolutely fucking fantastic. And you were never cruel, never mean. I want to be very clear about that. She wasn't like, hey, fatty, like if I didn't go to the gym, (laughs) right? There was none of that. And it was really like a beautiful, warm thing. But at the same time, like if I were getting mentally late <laughs> static static i think ibrahim wants to join the conversation <laughs> um if i were getting mentally and emotionally lazy like i remember the first time i went low carb and i was getting like huge benefits from it and i got so annoyed you were almost a little annoyed with me a little i was insanely annoyed with you what are you talking about all of my anger i had to like have somewhere to put it because you I, let me eat the cookie 100 percent. i was so mad i was like I had a headache, right? Because that first time that you transition out can be really, really rough, especially if you don't know how to do it well, which I certainly did not. And I was like, if I eat that cookie right now, I will feel better. I won't have a headache. I'll be like just in a better place. (laughs) And that was one of those times where you're like, do you ever want to get to the other side of this? You know that you have to break the addiction to sugar. So sure, if you want to have the cookie, have the fucking cookie. But like, don't pretend that you're doing it for any reason other than you're getting emotionally and mentally weak about it. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> full respect <laughs> like that is absolutely i'm being a petulant child because i know what awaits me on the other side people that i respect very much have told me what's on the other side of this so unless i'm gonna say that i just happen to be the one outlier that doesn't respond the way everybody else in humanity responds to i have to own that this really is just i'm frustrated right. and i'm feeling down and this is a neurochemical state right. And even in saying, like, if I eat the cookie, I will feel better. It's acknowledging that I'm just trying to manipulate my brain chemistry. And so you weren't like, oh, baby. like, And this is like some of those early things where the notions of I'm not looking for sympathy. Empathy, yes. Like saying, I fully get it. Right. I, I know what that's this transition is like. That's that you have a, a headache. Yeah, for sure. Right? And that's what you were like. It was like, I get it. Like, going through this isn't going to be easy fully, but you have a goal. And to get to the other side of that goal, you have to push. Mm. That's empathy. Sympathy, which is what I was asking for at the time because I had not yet realized the codification that I don't want sympathy because sympathy is the arm around me. Oh, baby, it's I so feel you have the cookie. Feel better, right? right? That's sympathy, right. which is is not at all now looking back. It isn't what I want. And as I got to the other side of that, I realized, thank God that you didn't give me that. Thank God that we had talked about what 
and we really do need a word that doesn't have the negative connotations, like positive reinforcement. Perfect, we'll go. just go with that. Yeah. So you were so effective at positive reinforcement that I was getting that like, you were proud of me, not having the cookie. You were like, well done. Like, this is how you're gonna get what you want and this is how you're gonna get to the other side and it is exciting for me to see you like take this seriously and all that. So that, using that, telling people that you're going to reinforce the behaviors that you want, telling people that it's important to you, explaining why it's important to you, explaining how it's positive for the relationship to get to the other side of this. So if we had encountered each other, <clears throat> It, at a place where we didn't have that growth mindset. One of us did and the other didn't. That's what I would do. I would go into full, like, I'm going to reinforce the behaviors that I want. I need you to get to a growth mindset for X, Y, Z reason. It's, it is relationship protective for you to get a growth mindset. Now, I, that is such an inordinate amount of work. I want to be very clear. I am not at all backtracking that selection is far more important than using these techniques because that person may still entrench they may double down, which I have had people in my life that I love very, very much, like do that, mm -hmm. right? No, all the techniques in the world and they like rescind, 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 rescind. And so it's like, okay, well, trying to convince everybody of the utility of a growth mindset is a losing battle. And so going back to what I was saying earlier, I am haunted by the fact that you could have very easily just entrenched. And certainly back then I wouldn't have had the skill set to get you out. Yeah. And just to add, um, like when you had said to me about, I'm going to manipulate you, um, it was both ways. And so what was the phrase you just rephrased as? Positive reinforcement. Positive Which reinforcement. Which we also did. Negative reinforcement. Right. But. Um, and, but that's actually, so we were both on that same page. And so it's when you're trying to manipulate someone for your own selfish desires versus for theirs. Because that's another thing is we always told each other where we're trying to go and yeah. what we're trying to achieve. So you're saying to me like, so I'm, you know, like going on about six pack abs and you're like, oh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. So you've told me that you're excited to get the six pack abs. So when you come to me saying, I just want the freaking cookie, I'm just reminding you of something that you want, not something. I mean, look, I absolutely selfishly right. want you to have yeah, six pack yeah, abs. But I wouldn't have ever forced you to do it. But because you saw how excited I would get over the six-pack abs, uh, mm -hmm. you're then trying to get them. So I'm just reminding you of this is who you said you want, right? Even with work, forget about physique or just anything in general. Like, I want to be better at that. Like, for me, I want to lower my anxiety. How do I do it? Okay, here's the tools. So that if I don't do them, then you're like, hang on a minute. You said you wanted this. I'm here as a facilitator to help you get it. And I think in a partnership, that is the goal. Like I want to be there for you to help you get what you want in life. So I'm not manipulating you and trying to trick you into something completely different. It's like, okay, we've spoken about this. I know what you want. I know what I want. This is how we get there. And now, hey, you're not doing it. So kind of calling each other out on it. Um, and then kind of reminding each other of who they are, who they want to be, and how to get there. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to 
make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Word. So, you can say something else? I was, but it's one of those where we could just talk about this yeah, all day I know, long, we really so could. Okay, so we've got more questions. Um... All right, so this question is from YouTube. Oh, and Chase wants to hear the answer, so I'm specifically going to um, ask right. this question. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. All right, Chase. So this is from YouTube, um, from Lincoln Designs TV. Tom, I'm 25 years old and have been super focused on making myself a success in business. Here is my question. Is it better to have someone go through the journey with you or meet them when you're successful? Um, I don't, I don't think it matters. So I love, loved that you and I did it together. Like that's actually insanely, insanely meaningful to me. Mm. Um, and has really set us up for success now because we, I so feel like we're equal partners. Um, but I, I wasn't looking for it. So, and I fully understand what this would have looked like had I been doing it by myself. I actually think it would have been harder to do by myself. Yeah. Um, but I, I think especially if you don't have the relationship skills, it's just going to be, it's going to be a distraction. It's going to make things harder or worse, especially like if you select wrong. So I wouldn't go out of your way for it, but if it's something that like you really want, then go for it. Like it's, if you do it well, it isn't going to hold you back. Like if you guys are invested in doing that thing together, then I think amazing and beautiful things can come out of it. I just am, I guess, realistic enough that most people haven't put any energy into being a good partner and all that. Like one thing I will tell you that 
I'm actually like thinking about this now. I'm partly glad that I had such a bad get laid strategy, more air quotes for those listening to the podcast. <laughs> My get laid strategy was really bad, but it was focused on understanding women. So from the time that I was like 15, I was reading Cosmopolitan magazine. I was trying to read any articles that I could find about how women think, about what they look for in men. So having good relationships has been important to me since I was like in my early to mid teens. Mm. So I put a lot of energy into that. So I'd been on that for like almost a, in fact, about a decade by the time you and I met. So because for whatever reason, like I just had this desire. I used to have a recurring nightmare about being in a loveless marriage, which even I am still like bamboozled or not bamboozled, but like, it's so weird that that was like such an obsession of mine. I just mentioned that on our on the Shiroit podcast, actually, really? yeah. Yeah, it's on always, episode, always been something on my mind. Um, so I had some relationship skills when you and I first met. Had I not had those and you became like a stressor for me or it was just hard to like relate, that really, really would have held me back in business. So yeah, if you don't have those relationship skills, it could, I think, be very problematic. And I just see so many people in relationships where it is not additive that right. I would say it's all based on the person. There is no one size fits all. Yeah. And um, for us, I mean, like you work so much that um, if we had met now, it just would have, it would have been different. Like, well, so in fact, let me put that aside. I think relationships are a lot of work. And I remember one person once, like, oh, God, we were in discussion. I was with a bunch of girls. And um, I started talking about you. And it was like, oh, my God, you know, you've been, what's the secret to your marriage? And I was like, it's a lot of work. Like, you have to put the time and energy and effort into it. And everyone was horrified. Like, relationships shouldn't be work. Yeah. Like, the second it's work, like, then it's not right for you. And I literally thought everyone else was crazy. I was like, so you put time, effort, energy to build a business, put your, like, literally, like, get up early, go to bed late, put your mind, like, the amount of concentration. You would do all that for a business, but you won't do it for, at least for me, what is one of the most important things in my life, which is my relationship, of, of course. And um, so I think relationships are a lot of work, especially to get to the level where you have really deep understanding for each other. So um, if you're trying to, grow a business and you're an entrepreneur and you're really spending so much time doing that, it would be tough to really bond and find someone in that process. Yeah. And it's interesting. So one thing that's important to note is when you say that it's a lot of work, people who hate their job, they think oh, of that, right? They think, oh my God. <laughs> and if I hated the work, I wouldn't want to do it either. Mm. But this Building our relationship and coming up with the, the ways to communicate is so much fun. Yeah. Like it is a ton of effort. And I think that work may throw people off. It is a ton of effort. But every bit of effort that we've ever put into this relationship has reflected back into us becoming better people, better communicators, more deeply connected. Like, And one example that I'll give just it happened, you know, within the last, I think, month or something. I saw you in a part of the house I did not expect to see you. And I was overcome with this, like, oh, my God, baby, you're here. Uh, and I felt like a dog when the owner, like, leaves for six minutes and comes back. And they're as if you've been gone for a month. 
But that's how I get with you. Like when I'm caught off guard and I see you somewhere I didn't expect to see you, even when it's like we bump into each other in the kitchen or, um, you know, in the bathroom or something. And oh, my God, I wasn't expecting to see you here because it is so like deep in my limbic system, in my gut, the, the feeling of feeling better about myself when I'm around you, feeling safe, feeling secure, that when I see you unexpectedly, I get that wave. Now, that comes from a lot of effort. Mm. Now, a lot of fun effort. There's a lot of joy in it. Um, but it's a lot of effort. Yeah. So, but it's, I think, worthwhile. All right. Next question. How, how was that, Chase? You, good? you feeling good about that? <laughs> Did you make Chase happy? That's the question. Yeah. Um, all right, so this question comes from YouTube again from Colonel Sutha. What do you think, uh, sorry, what do you think when you get caught up between partner's expectations and your responsibility towards work at the same time? I get choked up and my partner and I end up in a verbal spat. Well, it's super well done to you for being aware of what's happening. Like ending up in the verbal spat is not ideal. Ending up in the verbal spat not knowing how or why you ended up there is really bad. So we can live with ending up there when you've got some self-awareness around why you've ended up there. And I think that's a really, really important distinction to make. So bravo to you. Um, now that you know it, you want to start working to unwind that. And I will say that I was thinking about that this morning. Hmm. So this morning I was really annoyed that your microbiome is demanding so much of my time and attention. And then I thought, wait a second, because there's so many other things I could be learning to push the business forward. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is how I know it's real when I say that you are my number one priority. And the business is insanely important to me, but it, it is not as important to me as you. And so... Time allocation is one of those ways, man. You find out like what's really going on because the business could be growing faster if I took the time that I spend trying to learn about the microbiome. And the funny thing was I found myself going, well, but also we're going to do like health theory and so it's all important. And I said, no, even if it wasn't, I would mm -hmm. still be doing it because the truth is seeing you suffer with that is not okay for me. And I accept responsibility for solving the problem. And so that requires that I put that time and energy and reframing it in my mind like that was like, so like my stress levels just dropped to nothing. It's like, this is my value system at work. Mm. And so, yeah, like be completely comfortable with it. So you need to, dear person asking the question, you need to really know like what your value system is and does that relationship. And by the way, there is no right answer. This right. Is the, you don't have a moral imperative to make the relationship your number one. You just need to be honest about what your value system mm -hmm. is. If your value system is the business above all, then let the other person know that's your value system. Act in accordance with it. Maybe that ends the relationship. But if your value system is the business over everything, then what does it matter? And if your value system is the relationship over everything, then you need to act in accordance with that. Stop being annoyed when there are those moments of collision. Make sure that the person is getting the time and attention that they need. And it doesn't mean that you swing everything over to that way. Part of what allows me to put the amount of time and energy into that that I do is because you're so understanding with everything else. Like both of us this morning, I was like, I'm starting to feel the burn. We haven't had a lot of time to spend together over the last couple of weeks. I'm feeling the burn. I really wanted you to join me in the shower this morning, but our timing was off. Hey, TMI, perhaps, but 
But um, we actually use the shower as just hanging out time. Yeah, 100%. So, and it doesn't hurt my feelings that you get in the shower without any clothes on. So um, that is like one of those things where I'm feeling the burn now. Yeah. And so I, I thought, whoa, when I feel the burn, I know that you've been feeling the burn for even longer. Yeah. So um, I don't remember why I started that. I started thinking about you in the shower, which was very distracting to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, oh, the just prioritizing the time. Like yeah. you're so giving with letting, you know, two weeks go where it's like, okay, I really have to, in an acute, like, time frame here I really have to push 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 taking a lot of time that would otherwise mm. um, be our time uh, and because of that it's like the other stuff is very easy to give 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 um, to make sure that it remains in my number one position <laughs> if it, you were just like always demanding more and more and more right. and it was like this huge chasm between you and then the business and I was never able to get the business going and all that that wouldn't sit well with me yeah, and I think that really identifying what the partner's expectations are, like get really concrete, right? We, can't, we do treat it as a business in the sense of how we approach things, like write down what are all of her expectations of you and of the relationship. Is it quality time together? Is it um, texting more often? Like what are her expectations? Be on the same page, right? Can, then you can write it out. Then there's no surprise. Okay, this is what is expected from me. This is what expected from her. And then what are all your responsibilities at work? Right. Because he says that it's kind of um, his responsibilities at work at the same time, like he doesn't know how to balance them. Um, write down all those responsibilities as well and then prioritize each of them um, and then have each other responsible for a role. Right. So that I we've agreed I'm the one that's responsible for always making sure we reconnect. You're driving the business. You're go, go, go. So we've just come to it, you know, because I feel the burn much quicker than you do. So you're not going to read my mind. So it made sense for me to be the one who can wave the flag when we start to, you know, not spend much time together. So I'm responsible for that. And then you're always very honest about their way, then where you stand within the company and what your responsibilities are for that week or what you have to do. And then we find that medium. And it's in that communication that I think allows us to then to not get into massive heated fights because we come to a conclusion together. So for instance, um, I remember once where I was going through a really, really hard time and you had this big business trip and you said, baby, I have to go. And I said, I need you to stay. And I remember that because I was like, I'm not gonna, like this is one of those moments where I have to vocalize. I can't just right. be like, no, it's fine, baby. Like it really meant a lot to me. And I know I had to tell you. I need you to stay. But you had to tell me you have to go. And that you had, you know, so we literally sat there and we're like, I'm like, you have to say, and you're like, I have to go. And we spoke about it. And I said every reason why I needed you. And you told me every reason why you had to go. And we came to a conclusion that you going was the right thing. And then in exchange for that, when you got back, I needed two full days of your time, right? We kind of, right. we did like a negotiation where it was like, because I so understood for your identity, you had to go. If you didn't go, I knew that ultimately, um, even if you tried not to, you would have maybe have been resentful to me because, again, it's about your identity. And I'm never going to ask you to be somebody that you're not. Um, and so we came to that conclusion. So we really do just discuss what are the expectations, what are the boundaries, and then how do we make it work mm. for each situation? It's so important. Yeah. Oh, man. And I remember exactly what you're talking about. 
and thank God I went. Yeah, thank God you did too. But, <laughs> and um, here's the thing, like, for me. It, this is the advanced class stuff, right? So because yeah. on paper it seemed like, well, wait a second, if the relationship is your highest priority and they come into conflict and your wife's saying she needs you to go and she's never abusive about that and so she says it and you still go, like, right. you know, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but on one hand, you had something that was not just time sensitive. There was only one chance ever to get it right. And it would echo through my business life forever. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was the super acute. It means you're going to suffer by yourself for two days. But barring me dying in a plane crash, like I'll be back and then Why? we'll be able to make up for that time. So the the one was... It, the, the opportunity never would come again. And it wasn't even just a positive opportunity. It was reputation protective. Mm -hmm. I, needed to, I needed to do something in order to show everybody who knew what was going on in that situation. Like I needed to show them who I am. Yeah. Um, and I knew that that would resonate not only with me, but it would resonate with other people. It would inoculate me from future things. So it was... And you were very, very And then for that. me, it was identity too, right? It's I'm put in this situation where I need you because I'm, I'm emotionally, God, I don't want to say unstable, but I was definitely in emotional turmoil. Right. And at that moment. At that moment, right. And so I was very honest with you about how I was feeling that I was in this emotional turmoil and that I needed you there. But I also recognize my identity is that... I need to also self-soothe, right? If I'm just always turning to you as my crutch and I will fall apart without you, then I, I don't find pride in that either. So I'm like, okay, what is my identity? My identity is that I've been very honest, so never test somebody, right? I didn't test you and be like, fine, you're going to go, go. And then see if he yeah, stayed or not. Great point. I don't test. So I was very honest. And then when you didn't reciprocate with what I wanted, I thought... My identity is I support you 100% and I support you understanding what you need to do for yourself and for the business. And so now if I'm coming in conflict with that, it's actually the opposite to what I identify as being that supportive partner and wife. So if I can just maintain or somehow bring down my emotions over two days, when you come back, I'll be able to have that time with you. Um, but also the key is not to be resentful once you've made that decision. Because that's another thing. Like if you had gone and then you came back and I was just like moody, like, oh no, I'm fine now. It's fine. Right? Like the, either yeah. the silent treatment or the stroppiness or hold it against you and keep bringing it up as like a weapon. Like, yeah, but you didn't stay with me. So I need you to do this. Like that. Yeah. It's like going back to the dust settling. Like once we've made a decision, you need to flip that switch in your mind and say, this is what we're going to do. And that when he comes back, I'm going to be very clear with you what I need. You're going to have to switch your phone off. Like I need your time. And then I'm going to need you to respect me back because, you know, or respect with that decision that, okay, this is what she needs. I've gone away and now even if I've got a ton of work to do, I've recognized what she's given to this decision and I'm going to switch my phone off and you then not hold it against me. You know how when a kid is just so cute, you say you want to eat them? Yeah. Like right now, I want to eat you. Like <laughs> that answer is so important and I hope people really heard this like dude, the way that you support, the way that you've got the emotional intelligence to know I can't ever use this as a weapon, um, to not be resentful or stroppy when I get back, like, oh my God, like, that's so important. That's and it's so important, important to know that's not naturally me. 
It's not naturally anybody. But that's what, like, it's, that these are skills and tips and tricks that you can absolutely cultivate over time. And so it's, it's not easy for me. I have to remind myself sometimes I slip, but it's important to always remember what you're trying to get to, to get there. Um, I'm going to say a very quick little story um, based on that, and then we can... I think actually time's almost up. Um, But based on understanding expectations of each other and how you communicate, the one thing we did is when you work a lot, as the other half, which maybe other people can relate to this, um, if they're really busy, like I would text you and you'd put K as an answer. (laughs) Not okay, just the letter K. Um, Or I'd call you and you'd ignore my calls because you're in a meeting or something. And so I started to feel like I wasn't um, being prioritized or like, why are you being rude to me? And so we had a discussion about like what my expectations were from you and what yours was from me. And you're like, look, I can't answer your phone if you're just calling me to figure out, hey babe, what do you want for dinner? Like we need a system that knows when you really need to speak to me, I'm going to be there for you no matter what. But if you're just asking me a question and I'm busy to grow the company, to grow our vision, to grow where we want to go, you need to respect that I'm not going to answer you the phone. And when I say, K, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. I absolutely do. But that's my way of needing to communicate with you for speed's sake. So what are the things that are going to make you feel okay, this is what you said to me, that makes you feel loved, but at the same time doesn't then suck up my time, and now we're, you know, taking steps backwards. So we had a whole decision of like, okay, if I need you, because you kept ignoring my calls, like, I just want to like, say hi, or I've got a quick question. It was, if it's urgent, you call three times. So call number one, and you don't answer it means that you're busy. Call number two, if you don't answer it, it means that you're really busy. Call number three means you better answer it, whether you're with the president of the United States or not, because I need you. And that's where I know I really do have the, um, what's the word? I guess the chip to to place. Like, I need you. I need you to to stop work because I give up my life um, for what we're doing. And so that third call is I have to answer it immediately. And I think I've used that maybe twice in our entire I can only remember once, 15 year relationship, maybe. Where our dog um, had a mouse in its mouth, like crunching down on it. I was freaking out. I was huddled in the corner, like shaking, like he's got a mouse. Oh my God. And he's growling at me and he's barking at me. And I called you three times and you didn't even ask why. I was like, babe, I need you to come home right now. You're like, I'm on my way. Oh my God, is everything okay? I said, yeah, but I need you. He's got a mouse in his mouth. And you're like, I'm there. And I think you were even in a meeting and and you dropped the phone and you came. Now, the funny thing to this story is it wasn't a mouse. It was a toy mouse. (laughs) It was a cat toy that my dog happened to have found. But in that moment, you proved yourself. You didn't like hesitate. I told you I needed you. So going back to this question about expectations and work restrictions like have those rules in place because that way I'm not abusive of them I never ring you three times in Mm. a row but even if I thought it was pathetic I was like I'm not gonna stand here with the our dog with a freaking real mouse in his mouth well that and that was the first time that he went from being your son to being a dog because he never growled at you he'd never growled at yeah I was emotionally so you were heartbroken and grossed out and it was so so the flip side of that story is phone rings once I'm in a meeting phone rings once I'm like all right phone's ring phone rings twice now I'm on alert because is this gonna be the time where it goes free and then you called the third time and I was like holy shit I said guys 
forgive me, I have to take this call. Then you explain, all you said was, I need you to come home right now. And I said, guys, um, this isn't going to make any sense, but I have to go right now. And they were like, okay, <laughs> no problem. Hung up, boom, dash out. And then by the time I got there, he had let go of the mouse and you were freaking out and it's out on the balcony. Oh God, he was chewing on it. And I go out there and I'm like, wow, there's no blood. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> and like, I get closer and closer. And then I'm like, I think that's a toy. And I, I pick it up and I'm like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. So I was like, the oh. one time my wife has ever used the like bat phone. And I know. It's for a cat toy. A cat toy, it yeah. It was awesome. Um, yeah. But the takeaway message is like, just have those discussions. What are the rules for both of you? Like, how do you balance it? How do you, cause you made me feel special, right? I know now that if I need you, I've got the power to, to get right. your attention. Um, and so I don't feel like if you ignore me the first time or the second time now that it's a personal Cause you thing. know, you're in power. You can make right. the third call if you decide right. at your sole discretion right. and that I will yes. pick up. And to your earlier point about how you then have to be super understanding, not beat the other person up. When I came and found that it was a cat toy, I wasn't like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I was in a meeting. How would you call three times over a cat toy? Right. I was like, one, first of all, I laughed and then was like 100%. If you felt you needed me in that moment, regardless of how right. it comes out, like you felt you needed it. You've never been abusive. And so it ended up being a very positive, fun, funny story. I didn't come unglued or say, I can't believe you did this. It was, I just knew that while it was a false alarm, like in the moment, it was very real for you. Mm -hmm. And so that you have to like be totally chill about it, super understanding, like, and encourage one, that you're never abusive and that two, regardless, like I want you to make that phone call. Mm. All right. All I'm right. guessing at this point that yeah. we're out of time. We are, All right, Guys, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to just confess something to everybody. We are in the race to 115,000 subscribers on YouTube. I know it seems like a random number. Yeah, how did you get to that number? Um, because it was a stretch goal. It wasn't going to be easy to hit it. So 100, we're going to hit 100 this month, no matter what. Um, but hitting 115, like it's doable, but it's going to be hard. And so I've already spent enough time explaining to people why numbers matter to us. Uh, but nonetheless, for anybody where this has added value and you guys have been so amazing asking what you can do to help, I'm telling you right now, the thing that would mean the most to us, share the content, help us get to 115 by the end of September. That would just be unbelievably meaningful to us. So share, 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 uh, push out, encourage your friends, tag them if this is Facebook, tag them in this that would be amazing so thank you guys so much for joining us it is a weekly show so if you haven't already be sure to subscribe and until next time my friends be legendary take care bye hey everybody thank you so much for listening and if this content is delivering value to you please go to itunes go to stitcher rate and review us that helps us build this community and that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.